What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Comic Book Cinema. My name is Jonathan. Happy to be here today. We're going to discuss a little bit of Wakanda Forever. Today, I'm joined by Mr. MGC. Why don't you introduce yourself, Mr. MGC? What's up? I'm MGC. I talk about movies, comic books, video games. Uh, you can find me on TikTok, official uh, MGC, and also on YouTube. We're also rejoined by Mr. Isak. He joined us a few months back. Super cool dude. What's up, man? What's up, guys? Isak. You can find me on just about everything at Isak. I thought it was really interesting how they're, I guess, starting off, how there was a one-year time jump. As far as the MCU timeline, I know that Endgame and Infinity War technically took place in 2023 in that MCU timeline. This film, at the beginning of it, it said one year later. I'm assuming that's 2024 in that MCU timeline because, like I said, I know for a fact that Endgame and Infinity... Well, no, I'm sorry. Infinity War happened, actually. It would have been five years prior to 2023. And I think after the blip, like when the everyone came back, was 2023 in the MCU. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that this film said one year later, like one year passed after the passing of T'Challa, which one would assume was very shortly after the blip and they brought yeah, everyone and like, back. Like not to skip all the way to the end of the movie, but it's explained that, he could, you know, spoilers obviously, but when we see, you know, T'Challa Jr., the, the yeah. mother essentially says, oh yeah, he prepared us for his death. It's to me implied that he had enough time to build a solid relationship with his kid. Yeah, It's like, yep. did he die a year after he came back? And then we have another year time skip because he was gone for those five years. And the kid, he looks like he's six or seven at most. Yeah, I think someone said he was like eight, but that's still like, a, he's quite old. So yeah. So like, like she, she must've gotten pregnant right at the end of Black Panther. He was yep. probably born between Black Panther and Endgame. Then Charles yep. was gone for five years. So, yeah, it's very it's very tight timeline. Like a lot of things need to have happened very very quickly for everything to like make sense cohesively. The way they handled the real life passing of Chadwick Boseman was so well done. I had my doubts about them not recasting a new T'Challa. I was thinking like I've been I've been the biggest opponent for that since they announced that. I was like. Why don't they just recast the guy? You know, like this needs to be a legacy character, just like uh, 007, just like Superman. Like this needs to be a legacy character. You don't need to just change the story and do all this stuff because, you know, Chadwick Boseman passed away. However, the way they handled everything in this film, you brought up the post credit scene. We'll talk about that. That was so well done. And now they can pass the mantle of Black Panther and recast Without, you know what I'm saying? Like the way they did, the way they handled it was so gracefully. And I have to say my hat is off to Marvel and Disney for how they handled it in this film. They did a great job handling that, I thought. So I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I don't, I don't feel like they handled it in the way that I think was good. With the start of the movie, like it feels like you jumped into, like you missed 20 minutes of a movie. She's instantly walking to her lab. She's like looking at the DNA ball spectrum thingy on her computer and she's like what's going on and we are in wakanda which is the most advanced country in the world in the first movie she literally heals ross who has a bullet wound through his spine and we're told that this mysterious illness they just couldn't heal they couldn't figure out 
because of the sad passing of Chadwick and they wrote this illness in there, I feel like it's just too mirroring reality. I get that the director has a really close bond with, you know, Chadwick, you know, they all have really close, but I feel like it, the script might've been too close to the chest for them. And they, they were trying to figure out this send off to Chadwick, but also to Chala. But I don't feel like, at least to me, I don't think it worked. And even if you did want to go with the illness route, I think if they use, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying we needed to see T'Challa's face. If they showed like, you know, Shuri running to his bedside and like we see his hand and she's holding onto it or something, just something where we are seeing his, him to some extent, I feel like I would have been more emotional because I watched this with like my parents and my mom cries at everything. Like she's very emotional and she did not, tear up she was just like that was so fast like she started tearing up during the marvel intro like when we saw chadwick like that's yes. when i started getting all teary died i was like oh that, there's my boy like you know i'm sad right now the funeral scene was beautiful beautifully shot loved yep. it but it was just so quick it was so fast and i was just like oh and 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 one year later i was okay um to be fair a, they had a lot to explain it. in this film you know they had to introduce namor and explain that lore and, you know, have the battle between Wakanda and, and also, you know, give the stakes, you know, Shuri, like bringing her in as the new Black Panther. So they had a lot to accomplish in this film. And I got to say, it's okay that we disagree. You know, that's, that's what makes the world go round. But I think that, you know, yes, it was a long film and I've heard that argument before too, but with the time that they were given and all that they had to accomplish in this film, I thought they did a pretty dang good job. I mean, uh, but so, that's just me personally. What do you think, Isak? So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle, honestly. Like, I like I don't want to do this thing that a lot of, like, critics do where they're like, oh, well, I wouldn't have done this. Because, like, obviously it's more complicated than just simply saying to do something else. But if I had full control, I don't think that I would have gone this route with the story. Given that this was the route that they were going, I think that they they did it in the best way possible. Like, if their goal was introduce Namor, make Shuri the next Black Panther and essentially uh, deal with Chadwick's Bose or Chadwick Boseman's death and kill off T'Challa. I think that this was a really great way to do it. I, like I said, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just recasted T'Challa, um, which I was like hesitant on it before. Like, I don't know which direction I wanted to go with it, but I think that this movie really emphasized for me, at least that, that Chadwick will be, he's going to, he's basically leaving a vacuum. Um, cause I love the movie. I loved everything that they did with it. I wish that they would have recast him because like, like you said, the movie was long and I, I have no issue with long movies. I have an issue with movies that feel long and there were, there were parts in this movie that I just felt dragged and I like, a bit. they, they, had, they, they had to introduce a lot, but it was just so exposition-y at times. It, and, and that's just how it felt. Like there were times where, you know how they say show, don't tell. They told and then they showed. Like, let's say, for example, Namor's origin story. He was like, oh, my mother, she was pregnant with me and she didn't want to take the route. And then they made her take the route. And then they show the flashback and the guy's like, take the route. And the mother's like, I don't want to take the route. And then he says, take the route. And then she takes it. It's like, pick one. Like, don't don't do both right after another. You know, it, it just felt redundant at certain points. But yeah, I, I think that given the time that they had and the fact that they had to essentially rework an entire script and rework the entire movie, I think that they did the best that they could. Uh, and yeah. when it comes to the actual like directing of the movie, I thought that it was really well done. I thought that one of the biggest complaints of the first Black Panther was the CGI. And I think the CGI in this movie was actually really great. Like the underwater yes. scenes were really great. 
like the, the absolutely we were debating about like whether or not the action sequences were good i thought the action sequences were a step above from the last movie um without oh, question absolutely. but yeah yeah other than that it just sucks that i, I only had one problem with the cgi there was only like one scene but it wasn't even that long so the cgi looked leagues better than the first black panther however that's not a hard feat to accomplish or that's not yeah. really like saying a lot because i'm gonna be honest with you guys that is one of the biggest negatives for me personally about the first Black Panther. How can you have, and that was the first Marvel movie that started that negative trend of terrible mm -hmm. CGI effects. And it just had me scratching my head. Like at the time when I saw that in theaters, I was, I can remember thinking like this looks really bad and I can't yep. believe they have bad special effects like this in a Marvel movie because at the time that was very new, you know? We had gotten Avengers year six years age. prior to that with a Hulk mm -hmm. that looked like a real person. And now here we are, you know, we've gotten She-Hulk with crap special effects. You know, we've had issues here and there with lots of different movies and especially a lot of the DC or I'm sorry, a lot of the uh, Disney plus shows. It's been bad as of late. And like, yes, uh, correct special wrong, effects but... were way better. But I, I I think it was either Civil War, it was either Black Panther's first appearance or Black Panther the movie. That was the first year that Marvel started putting out four films a year as opposed to three films. I, it was either one of those movies that they start like they they increase the amount of movies they were putting out every year, and I feel like that has a lot to do with three at that point. It was definitely Phase Three that has has way more yeah. than yeah, because I remember Phase Two and Phase One they were dropping like two movies a year, max three movies a year. Um, well, no, they weren't dropping out. three. Like, dropping. think about, I think it was just two because you had like mm. in 2008, you had the Hulk and Iron Man. Then 2009, I don't think you had anything. And then 2010, yeah. you had Iron Man 2. And then 11, you had Captain America and Thor. Then 12, mm. I think all we had was the Avengers. Avengers that year. But yeah, they were they were alternating like one film a year, two films a year. Some years, like mm. in 2009, I don't think we got any MCU films. But mm -hmm. yeah, it started picking up a lot more. But it just doesn't make sense to me because here we are, you know, these Marvel films are averaging a billion dollars. Like that's what they're yeah. taking home from the box office. I mean, not quite take home, you know what I'm saying? Like you still have a lot of advertisement mm -hmm. costs in the, in the budget of the film, but you're making a billion dollars per film averaging that. And you're still not able to put good CGI in your films. That just, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Disney's I, a greedy, greedy company. <laughs> so I want to go it. off of what, Esoc said with the like I agree with uh, the recasting like that's that's what I wanted originally um, I still believe that they should have recasted him but my second option after seeing the movie um, because like I said earlier I didn't really like how they what they did with T'Challa is what I mean I know my idea some people would not agree with because again we're, we're speaking of Chadwick but I'm more thinking of if we're going to get rid of a character you know I'm thinking movie wise I'm thinking you know comic book character wise and what a better way than make Namor really the enemy and as we know T'Challa could not beat Namor in a straight-up fight like if he didn't know his weakness you know which is like dehydrating him which we find out later in the movie and I feel like if the movie opened again I know some people are going to disagree with this, but if the movie opened with a CGI version of Chadwick, you know, as just Black Panther, and instead of the U.S. military on their ship, it's the Wakandans on a ship, and they're finding vibranium offshores, and they're like, why is this not on our land? So they're trying to, you know, do that, and, and we have T'Challa and Nakia 
who are on the ship with a bunch of Wakandans who are then attacked by the Talakans. And Black Panther goes to, you know, defend his ship. And he's like, you know, we got to defend ourselves. And he starts getting into a fight with Namor. And they're just overloading their ship. It's just too much for them to handle because they weren't expecting to be attacked by fish people. And because Namor has his vibranium spear, he damages T'Challa's, you know, suit in a way where it's just too much for his suit to handle. And he has to save Nakia. And unfortunately, you know, Namor drags him down into the ocean and... That's his way of killing T'Challa. T'Challa has to save Nakia, right? And she sees her husband or, you know, baby daddy potentially drown. And that's going to like, everyone be like, wow, screw Namor. Like he just took our boy. Like he just did that really. And that shows why Nakia left for a year. Why she didn't attain his, or, uh, you know, go to his funeral and why she just disappeared and went to Hades or Haiti or whatever. Um, And why she just like, you know, step back because, you know, she was in love with him. She steps back because her husband just died and we get to see the sad descent or, you know, the sad T'Challa getting excommunicadoed from Namor. So now Namor is really the enemy, even though he thinks he's doing what's right is protecting his stuff. For audiences, I think that that might would have been a little much because yeah. I personally thought it would have been a good idea to at least have a CGI version of Chadwick pop up in the uh, ancestral plane. But mm-hmm. a lot of people were telling me that that would have been too much. And I don't know. I mean, I think that would have given it weight and give made Namor like, but I think that they also did a really good job with how Namor killed uh, Ramonda, you know, the, the Shuri's mom, Black Panther's mom. I think that that also gave the situation a lot more weight and further push Shuri into that dark place, right? Of vengeance and, and anger. And I thought it was so cool how we got to see Killmonger again. I thought that was such a brilliant idea and a cool way to bring him back in the film without giving us an alternate version of Killmonger or a variant, if you will, of Killmonger. I think that it was really cool to see him pop up in the film. Like when it comes to that, I, I feel like Namor's super complex when it comes to Marvel villains. I think that oftentimes you get this like, oh, I'm evil and I'm bad and I hate people and I'm a villain. But I like yeah. that Namor was like motivated specifically by helping his people. Yes. And I like that they showed how smart he was politically. And like with that, I feel like killing T'Challa off rip like would not be a strategic move for him. I think that they really emphasize the fact that he's hundreds of years old and that he's patient, mm-hmm. which is why I think that the ending, like I've, uh, a complaint that I've heard is that like Namor needlessly took an L, like he could have figured it out. But like, do you guys are thinking of it from the perspective, like you guys, like the people who say those things are thinking of it from the perspective of like someone who isn't immortal. He could just take this small L and wait until everyone else is dead. Like he just yeah. he has those options. I think that, I think that Namor was a huge highlight. So before I, I commented on the CGI, a detraction from this movie, in my opinion, compared to the last one, is the costume design. I hated how Ironheart looked. She looked yes. like a awesome. Power Rangers, like, Zord, in my opinion. Like, that's... And uh, as well as, like, um Shuri's, like... How, what are they called? Like, Night, Night Angels or something like that? Like, I forget the name of it. Oh, but, uh, yes. It Awful. Turned. Ugly. They just so yep. bad. Like, it looked clunky, and it looked weird, and I was not a fan of those designs at all. Like, I, I, I think that I hated those. And her Black Panther shit, I think, was... It was nice. It was fun. Yeah, but, her yeah, suit was cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a big glaring thing for me as well, Isak. Those and my wife even, she was like, Why did they put you know a Koye and the Dormelage in those suits, those outfits? Mm-hmm. 
they joke about it in the film. They're like, those suits are so ugly, but it's true. They look awful. And I thought maybe towards the end of the film, before they actually got into the suits, that they would change the look a little bit more, but they didn't. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, they look like common rider suits. I don't know if you guys know who that is. It's it, they're, they're it's pretty much like Power Rangers, but more fantastical. Speaking of the suits. The thing that annoyed me, so my favorite character in this whole movie was Okoye. Like, she's a bad, mm. I love her. She's awesome. And I felt like her story throughout just solidified more for me than anything that Shuri gave us, but whatever. Anyways, but so she gets into a fight with the telecons, right? And she just mops the floor with three of them. She's showing how awesome she is as a warrior. And then she fights uh, Tuma and, you know, she's struggling, right? And mm -hmm. I love like the back and forth. I love like the the honor where he like, you know, kicks her spear over. Yeah. He's like, come on, I'm like bring it on. Later after, you know, she gets knocked on the floor. Um, later when she gets her armor, the armor didn't seem like it helped her at all. Like it seemed like it was just the same thing, but she was just wearing a different costume. But Shuri's like, this enhances your durability, your strength, your speed. And other than the flying that they could do, I was like, she's just fighting a tomb of the exact same way that she was. And she's fighting everybody else. Like she wasn't like completely outclassing anybody. I'm like, what did the suit help again? I don't understand why she went in that direction when they quite literally have like black Panther suits that she could just make variations of. Like if you have this like nanotech vibranium that just grows on you, why would you then move backwards towards like Iron Man two level designs? Like it, yeah. Like, do you remember, like, well, what is it, Hammer? Like, Iron Man 2 Hammer, like, Justin when he Hammer. made, like, the Iron Man suits, that's what they looked like more than anything, and that's basically how they function. Yeah, it felt cheap. It felt like everyone, like you said, was becoming Iron Man, you know? Like, honestly, I wasn't a big fan of what they did with the character of Ironheart in the film, and like you said, the suit, it didn't help that the suit looked like crap. I'm still interested, I'm still intrigued in seeing the show. I'm going to watch the show no matter what. I mean, I watch all the Disney Plus shows, but... I don't know. I just wasn't very impressed. And I think that, it, I don't know, I'm torn because part of me feels like it was a cool addition to the film. And it was all, almost like that Bucky element in Civil War, you know, that she was kind of in between the two nations, you know, and, and one nation wanted her for one reason, one nation wanted her for another reason to protect her. And then one nation basically wanted to kill her. Right. So it was interesting element that she added to the film, but I wasn't a fan of the writing for that character and the suit looked terrible. I don't know. I just wasn't a big fan, honestly. Um, so I, I want to just push back on that a little bit. With Riri mm -hmm. Williams, I'm not the biggest fan of her in the comics because she is like, and I, I hate to use the phrase because it's so overused nowadays, but she is like the definition of a Mary Sue. Like she is, I'm smarter than every person that's ever come before because I am. Like I made this Iron Man suit in like my college dorm. Like I did all of these things because I could. And like, you know, being a super smart character is fine as long as like you're written interestingly, but she is just like the most cookie cutter. I'm a hero because I'm going to be a hero. Peter Parker derivative I've ever seen. And at least in this movie, they made her different. Like, I, I like that they they didn't just make her like a, I'm a good person because I'm a good person trope. You know, like they actually gave her some some depth and some intrigue like, oh, she's she's kind of shady over here doing like these like, you know. The, like these homework things for other people and stuff and i feel like it's pretty stereotypical for the nerd character though to do that like hey you you, you give me oh, some the money, social I'll network your assignment for you. Yeah, yeah. that's what it's that social network thing that mark zuckerberg basically influenced that you know i i like that more than just that i'm a nice person to be a nice person i i like that she had to go to wakanda to make this suit again i expected more you have like the these the top scientists in wakanda 
making these incredible suits and they're just okay like like this is what all of these countries are fighting over like this when you got iron man in america <laughs> like just you know but yeah that's so so correct me if i'm wrong with riri but there was nothing like even when they went into the her garage there was no no tie-ins to her to stark or did i miss uh, something? no it, she it just said that she was inspired by tony stark like she yeah that was so they just glazed over it is what you're saying uh, more or less. I I just wish that they kind of like went into that a little bit more. Like maybe in her dorm, she had like a Tony Stark poster, or yeah. like just because like that's her whole like thing in the comics. She like got an mm. Iron Man. Like her her prototype suit looked like the uh, the mech suit thingy that uh, what's her face uh, in from Alien, the, the big uh, Jodie Foster. Yeah, 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 and the big yellow suit. That's what it looked like, except she wears goggles. <laughs> So I'm like, this does not look like an Iron Man proto suit that she found somewhere. Like, I just wish it was a little bit closer to the comic. Like, it doesn't take any effort at all just to be like, Mark, whatever, Tony Stark's mm -hmm. Iron Man suit. And her being like, yeah, Tony's a big inspiration. And then moving on mm -hmm. to the next conversation. Just just a little little bit of sprinkled in there would have been a little bit nicer than just like, oh, here's my garage. Um, Okay. Oh, crap. The FBI is attacking us. And like. We were about to get a good character moment from Riri, and then instantly the FBI came, and we're, we're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess not. The first Black Panther film had a great soundtrack. Wonderful. But this this film didn't really like lean too heavily into pop culture. I mean, they had the Rihanna song at the end, but I think it worked really, really well. The music when they introduced like Talocan, and it just felt so alive. And I, and I felt like there was actual effort put into – creating a new culture right like you know you had the people throwing the little basketball in the underwater hoop mm -hmm. it just felt so much more uh alive and authentic when you compare it to aquaman aquaman's a i, I enjoy aquaman i'm not trying to crap on aquaman but i'm just saying that th it felt like there was a lot of effort and uh attention put into a lot of the details and mm -hmm. that's what i loved and also that music like glaringly like when whenever Namor was hyping up the troops to go attack Wakanda. Something about that music. It just felt so different and appropriate. And I love the music. In the one of, one of my favorite, great. one of my favorite shots out of all this whole movie is when Namor is descending down to his throne. Yes. Oh, that was, that was epic. I'm sorry. That was him with his headdress on. Oh, this mm. looks so, his face looked a little weird though. When he was talking like, like CGI wise, I was like, why does that look kind of weird? But other than that, it looked great. It looked so dope him coming down. Did they give him CGI abs and stuff? Or was that like really was that really like his body and everything? I'm pretty sure that was him. Yeah. Really? Okay. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know, like occasionally, like you mentioned, like the CGI, like I don't know, just sometimes he looked a little weird. Maybe you know, they like, touched him up a little bit. Like, you know, now and then they, probably, they, yeah, they, they touched him up. Him up maybe maybe range, it was during but... like the, the the fights, the fight sequences. Like since it was basically him all CGI, they probably made him like a look a little better. And some and some instances. Probably. So, but, uh, what what's your guys' thoughts on like the action in this movie? Since it is a two hour and forty minute long movie, I thought the action was great. I thought that mm -hmm. it was like I said, better than both the action and the CGI to me were better than the first Black Panther movie. It was fun watching Shuri fight Namor. I loved it. I thought the action was great. I think that the action was good when it was there. I think that there was a lot of space in between action sequences, mm -hmm. like. We didn't get our first one until maybe like 25 minutes into the movie, I think. That was like a pretty significant one. And then there was that chase sequence. And then we didn't get more all the way up until the end of the movie, basically. 
Yeah. There there may be four set pieces. Oh, like five, because you got that fourth one, which is like Namor's first attack and then their attack on Namor, which, and you know, so it, when it was there, it was great. I'm like complaining about the fact that there weren't more action sequences, but I don't really know at what point you would insert one without like Mm -hmm. actually disrupting the the flow of the movie. So I can't really complain all that much, but when it was there, I think that it was great. In the first movie, 25 minutes in, we already had two fight scenes. That whole movie Mm -hmm. had seven fight scenes altogether, and it's a two hour and 10 minute movie or something like that. Mm -hmm. I just feel like, like we were saying, or like Isak was saying earlier, tons of exposition in this. I feel like if they cut that down, because they could have still told us everything they wanted to, but cutting it down a little bit, completely getting rid of the Ross interactions. Like, I don't need no Ross. That was completely pointless to me. But I feel like if we just added a little bit more action to this, it would have been better. I want more M'Baku. Like, the action when we got it was dope. I love seeing Namor fight. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't like... Like the chase scene wasn't as good to me as like the first movie, but that's also mm-hmm. you're competing with like being in Korea with their beautiful neon lights and stuff compared to like what we got in this one. And the music but, yeah. yeah, but with extremely fake looking <laughs> CGI as well, though. You know, so like, it's kind just of just commentary on that chase sequence. The whole time, what was really pulling me out of the scene was the fact that they they murdered at least two or three people. Like they like they're like <laughs> more five than that police cars that like barricaded yeah, the and street. Riri's just like oh let's and then kill cop yeah, she just she just drops a nuke on them all and flies off while yelling woo i was like wait a minute like these are like like we're just like what y'all are just killing these people to get away like it, it was just it was very violent like and that that, that kind of took me out of it for a second but other so, than that so Kovia accords where are you <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying like and then you had like the the, the atlanteans the Atlanteans is what I'm gonna call them. Yeah, they like they pull up and then they, yeah, the, the Talokan, like they yeah. oh also this like with this with the um like descent scene. I love that like the whole time they're doing this and we're like, what is that? And then when we see his throne, it's literally this. And I was like, Yeah, yeah that's, that's the thing, man. Sometimes he does this and then sometimes they do this. Yeah, it's, I was it's doing so that the whole way home from the theater. I kept saying, Hey babe, to my wife, I was like, Hey babe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have a dumb sense no, of humor. But, but, but that, like, you know, just the, the murder of all those, all those cops, which you know, that was that was aggressive. But other than that, I thought that the the, the a little Batman is from uh, Batman the, v Superman. Yeah, yep. But just just to commentate on the uh, the music, like the first Black Panther, it, it has my favorite soundtrack of all time. So yeah. like, I am missing some of that. But Kendrick, given the tone of the movie, I could definitely see why they would lean more into like the like the the what do you even call them like the vocals because there was a lot of vocals and like cultural instruments and, and i think that yeah that made whenever sense you saw and also speaking of music while we're on the topic i thought it was so creepy and awesome how the tallow cans would come out of the water and start singing like that yeah like, that was awesome like that was awesome that, that was, was so cool stuff right there yeah mm-hmm. but yeah it was more like instrumental like more symphony type music you know that you typically see in films as opposed to relying heavily on like i said pop culture you know kendrick lamar popular mainstream artist at the time which we're always going to love that first black panther soundtrack we're products of this era of this time mm-hmm. but when our kids or our grandkids watch black panther it's going to be a little more dated you know what i'm saying like it's not going to hold mm-hmm. up as well although kendrick lamar is probably going to be like the beatles 40 years from now he's probably going to be a very iconic artist that his music holds up really well over the years and decades so it's kind of give and take it depends on what artist you select if you select someone like nickelback it's not going to hold up as well as 
as other hey, artists. Their song in Spider-Man 2 was awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I that agree. I think that was true. the first Spider-Man. One of you guys mentioned Ross. You thought it was uh, unnecessary. Yeah. I thought it was cool to have him in the film. He was in the first Black Panther film, so it felt like more of a continuation. Also, we got more of Contessa, which I'm excited to see. I, I think that that was put in this film for a reason. We're getting you know a little bit more and a little bit more of Contessa throughout the Disney Plus shows and throughout the mm -hmm. movies. And eventually, she's going to play a really large part in Thunderbolts. So getting to see more of her, I thought, was a plus. I was fine with seeing Ross at first. I thought maybe we we're going to get like a little bit of hints to Thunderbolts. Like I know Valentina was there, but it's just like, I thought maybe we we're going to see like a file of her opening saying like Thunderbolts or a file of like maybe a character, you know, like uh, Yelena or one of, one of them that's included on the team, or maybe we're going to see something on a computer screen or something leading up to that. Or maybe that was going to be like a, a second end credit scene of them, like her being like, you know, typing on a computer and being like Thunderbolts or something like that. As much as I liked Ross in the first movie, I just felt like, you know, if you edited all the scenes out of this movie, it wouldn't really have changed anything. I get we're trying to lead towards the Thunderbolts, but not including like a hint, a little sprinkle of Thunderbolts, even, you know, like I said, file or whatever. It's just kind of like a pointless. When it came to that and like the whole continuation aspect from the first movie, I liked how connected it felt. You know, let's compare this movie to like Iron Man 2 and 3. Iron Man 2 and 3, it feels like there's almost like no connection just because of all of the events that took place in between. Like uh, Iron Man 3 is more so a continuation of Iron Man's arc in the Avengers movie, which makes sense chronologically for the character. But if you pick up the trilogy, it's like you won't really get what's going on in Iron Man 3 until or unless you actually go and watch the Avengers. When it comes to Black Panther, it feels like a direct continuation. Like, for example, you have the scene with uh, when, when Okoye is stripped of her rank where they bring up what happened in the last movie and, you know, um, how she stood by Killmonger. And, like, uh, even uh, Umbaku brings up, like, you know, the events of the last movie in, like, scenes before, how, like, all of the council just stood around and accepted that. Um, even yeah. Killmonger, you know, Killmonger's commentary on, you know, on who the kind of person that he is and the effects that he had on on Wakanda as an empire. It felt like it felt very connected. So I appreciated that aspect of the movie. Man, I just can't help but think about the queen. I think that, you know, the queen's death was impactful, but I just don't think that it was necessary. Mm. Like it, it just it, like it, it cemented Namor, I guess, as a, as like this this guy or this guy who like lives up to his word, at least like that's what I got from him. Like he's royalty. He's a king. And he will do kingly. And it gave Shuri a heck of a lot more motivation too. Even with the death of the queen, it was like, you know, you could say Namor did it, but technically, like he just threw his like little water balloon grenades at the glass. He didn't know she was going to fall deep in there. And he didn't know that she was going to try to save Riri. And that's why she drowned. He like specifically was like holding her down and be like, nah, you're going to dr drown today. I think that, okay. I didn't even think of it that way. I think that that gives more credence to his character. Honestly, like he just kind of rolled with it, you know, because it's not his job to save her, but he didn't, you know, actively murder her. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the relationship with Namor as well, and I liked her presence throughout them. I think I'm just upset that they killed her off. I liked her. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I mean, really she was the best. Character. She was like, she had to me the most emotional way throughout this film. Nope. Like, she, yeah, her, her from, from acting was so, Angela Bassett's acting was amazing. Like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh. Like, she had such, like, rah, like, Mm -hmm. such vivid energy in this film and loved it she yeah. got ripped between the last film oh and this yeah one, man. she was buff <laughs> i want to talk about something controversial but before we do just something real quick was that kamara usman in the film do you yes. guys are you you have okay that was him, that I, was him. Was. I was like i'm like is that <laughs> <That's him. laughs> what do you guys think about 
the propo- I'm sorry, the opponents of the current state of the MCU, you know, phase four and beyond everything that we've gotten after Endgame. And what do you think about the general argument? This is why I wish we could have had a female guest today. We had a female guest lined up, but she backed out. Uh, what do you guys think of the people that call it the MCU? Personally, like, I think it depends all on delivery. You know, like if if we have a show like Miss Marvel, for example, like I did not enjoy the show Miss Marvel. Like I think I was last time we were on the panel, we talked about that. But what I did yep. like was Kamala Khan. I liked her character. Mm-hmm. I think that she felt very like charismatic and natural, and mm-hmm. she wasn't. She was. She was a good character. She was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I liked her. I want to see her in more. But then you mm-hmm. compare that to like Brie Larson's Captain Marvel in her first appearance. I didn't mm-hmm. like her, so I don't want to see more. I think that people. People oftentimes, just because, you know, it it's provocative, they make it about something that it's not. Like, they make it about these characters being women, or they make it about, like, you know, uh, you know, gender or sexuality, when in reality, all that I want to see is good, charismatic characters. That's what I want to see more yep. of, regardless of race, sex, you know, sexuality, anything. If you can give me a character I'll say that this, I enjoy, dude. I want more of it. I really enjoyed the Jane Foster character. I thought that it was going to be another cringy Captain Marvel-type mm-hmm. character, but... She had flaws, you know? She was interesting. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just a perfect woman like every woman on the earth is supposed to be perfect, you know? She had flaws, mm-hmm. and she was dealing with pain. It was another interesting, you know, female character. Like you said, yeah, I'm in the same I liked her more than Thor in that movie. I hated Thor in, in <laughs> Love and Thunder so much. Like, I hated yeah. him so much. It was almost like he went backwards. He took two steps mm-hmm. backwards after Endgame and everything that he's done that was cool. I don't care, you know? Like, I'm not opposed to introducing more female characters whether or not that's the current agenda you know i'm not going to really comment on that because i don't know if it is or not you know maybe it is maybe they want more diversity as far as more females i mean you do have a lot of female characters that have been introduced over the past two to three years you know you have kate bishop she hulk does seem like a lot of these characters just so happen to be female replacements of the male characters that were you know those characters like the hulk like Hawkeye. At the end of the day, I don't care as long as, like you said, Esau, the characters are interesting and fun to watch. Like with the whole like MCU thing or whatever. The funny thing is you don't hear people complaining about the good female characters. Like I never hear anybody complaining about Kate Bishop. Like I thought she was great. Um, yeah. If there is people complaining, I haven't heard of it. I don't hear anybody really complaining about Yelena. I love Yelena. I think she's great. I think her comedic aspect in the black widow film was the best part of that film uh like isok said like the miss marvel show the best part of that was her and her family Mm -hmm. dynamic that her dealing Mm -hmm. with her family was great and the first episode they also were very creative with how they filmed that episode but then they just kind of lost the creativeness Mm -hmm. throughout the show and the villains were boring i don't care about damage control i don't care about these random like people who are just in normal you know civilian clothes like i'm the villain and it's like look at my magical weapon like they did the same thing with she hulk like the oh, i forgot what they're called uh, doesn't matter uh, but uh, the they're, like, they're like special weapons in miss marvel are almost oh, identical to like the wrecking crew in she hulk like they're, they're just yeah. like we're normal people but we have magical weapons and i'm like oh that's cool but mm-hmm. i don't know I, I don't i don't think it's the mcu i just think there's certain female characters that are just like not that great. And then there are other ones, but people just are 
more upset by us vo voicing our opinion on the ones that they like. It's it's used as a cop out a lot of the time. Like just because you like the character, it doesn't mean that anyone who dislikes the character is an ist of some sort, whether that be misogynist, sexist, whatever. Any of the ists, yeah. you know. Um, also, I think that uh, <laughs> I think that it's also just a natural progression. Like you know, you look in the comics, they basically just try to reskin a lot of characters to sell comic books. You know, years ago, it's like, oh, we have a uh, guy Spider-Man. Let's get a like girl Spider-Man just out there for, for sales. So like, these are characters that exist in the comics and this is just like the logical next step for a lot of them. And I don't think that it's, I think that we're going to continue to see like the MCU or like, you know, more female characters or characters who are like, who have a different race, like, you know, taking up these mantles because like those are the only ones left and until marvel chooses to actually adapt the rest of their characters like the x-men or the fantastic four or you know anyone outside of the avengers teams uh we're going to continue to see that because there's just no one else to pull from when they actually in, in adapt phase four them, how many how many new male characters have been introduced like that are heroes I don't know. Any, um oh you got Fal like Thank the you. new falcon who? Yeah, I mean, Falcon's been Falcon, I mean, even though he's, new, like, he's Captain America. One. Yeah, you got Shang-Chi, like, you got uh, Red Guardian. Like the new Falcon, it's going to be the, the Hispanic guy that was on uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Torres yeah, yeah. or whatever he's, his name he's, is. Yeah. Falcon. All right, so the, that's three. Who, who else is new? <laughs> but look at Black Panther, for instance. I mean, you had – they were the whole film was focused on Shuri. And then you had, you know, you, of course, Okoye, Angela Bassett, or Ramonda – you know, Namor was introduced. I guess he's technically he's like be a, a anti-villain villain. Yeah, guy. but I think moving forward, he's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's going to be that type of hero, or mm -hmm. or a Black Adam. Like a I want to kill this man. You know, like funny, but you know he's still a good person. Oh, but Moon yeah, Knight. So, I, I totally forgot about Moon Knight. My bad. Moon yeah, Moon Knight too. <laughs> I I understand that argument. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters that much as long as the characters are cool and interesting. I'll just say one one thing to the final fight scene. I I do think the choreography was kind of meh. Like I love like martial arts fight, you know, martial arts movies. I'm a big person in in choreography and I just do not like how they did the fight between Shuri and Namor. I think it could have been a lot better. They have amazing stunt people that they could have used to give us a vast fight scene, but it was kind of like a week back and forth in my opinion, but I didn't mind their fight sequence. What I hated with a fiery passion was the the lack of strategy in their approach. They're like, hey, let's take this one big boat to the middle of the ocean, like with no air support, with no secondary ship coming up, no backup other than Okoye, who should have been there from the start. Like, the, I, I don't understand the logic behind, like, like w w it was uh, Okoye and, ne like, what was the other one? Was that one? Akena or... or uh, Akena, yeah. Annika. The Dagger Girl. Yeah, yeah, Annika. So it was Annika and Okoye. They were just hanging out on the ship with, like, their overpowered armor. Or overpowered armor. <laughs> instead of just, like, you know, being there in the first place, just yeah. to have, Call like, when a, you need us. <laughs> in scene so they can make, like, a dramatic entrance. Like, even having, like, three air support ships in the back, just in case everything failed and the boat sank and they were trapped in the middle of the ocean. Like, I think that strategy was awful. They pulled up with, like, 10% of their soldiers. You had, like, 30 people on that boat. Like, it, it, it made no sense to me. But uh, <laughs> it worked, 
I guess. Like if where where's all the shields that they had in the first movie? Remember when they surround the uh, Okoya and her girls? Where's all the shields to help them like back up the Tolkans? Well, like I think or, that that whole tribe was missing or maybe absent from the film because I mean, like, like it's still their, their technology. Leader. Couldn't they have found some more cool Wakandan technology to you know fight back? <laughs> Yeah, we also got to consider this is like six years, you know, six or like eight years after the last movie. No technological advancement was made. You know, it was just, you know, between Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 3, like he he made a lot of progress. But overall, I think that it was I think it was fine. I think that thematically the last sequence was great. I think that like, you know, how it tied up all of like the, the plot threads and how it tied up everyone's character arc, especially with Namor and, and uh, Shuri's. I think that that was great. It was just like, yeah, you know, strategically. You know, yeah. So I, I don't think we mentioned it. What's our opinion on the the final end credit scene with the boy? We did talk about that at the beginning of the video. I think yeah. I think that was really well done, though. I mean, well, I mean, you know, like, what, I like what do you think they're going to do with it? Is what I mean. I think that he's going to be the next Black Panther, whether whether or not that takes place in Black Panther three, or they wait several phases. Eventually, he's going to be the new Black yeah, Panther, and, and then they can recast and do what we've all been saying they should do but do it in a way that I think is a lot more appropriate. Because to me personally, it would have felt very inappropriate to just recast Black Panther and have him in the beginning of this film like nothing ever happened to Chadwick, you know? I think that the way they handled this was the best possible scenario. But that's just me. So guys, if you had to give this film a rating on a scale from 0 to 10, 0 being unredeemable, terrible in every way, 10 being perfect, what would you give it? We'll start with you, Mr. MGC. Uh, I'm on the fence, seven or seven and a half out of ten. Okay, I think that's fair. I personally like. I wasn't a big fan of the first Black Panther film from day one. I think that over the years, especially after we lost Chadwick, it made me like the film a little bit more. It probably bumped it up from a five point five to a six. But currently, I think that this film, I hate to go super high, so I think for now I'll just stick with a seven point five. But honestly, like I'm still feeling eight in my heart right now because I saw this film. I love this film. I thought it was so well done, maybe a little long. And like you guys said, maybe a little bit more exposition than they should have had. But overall, I had a really good time with this film. For now, I'm just going to stick with a 7.5 because I know myself. I know that in a year from now, I'm probably going to drop it from an eight to a 7.5. So I'm this time, I'm going to try to... Think about the future. <laughs> anyway, what do you think, Isak? What do you have? So, like, when I – and I'm kind of the opposite of you just because when I watch a movie for the first time, like, I'm, I'm super big on it. Like, you know, I, I go crazy for it. And then the longer that I wait, the more that, like, my brain, like, you know, nitpicks things and drops it for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I The movie itself, when I first watched it, though, I thought, like, you know, seven and a half, right? But – and the thing that, I, that dropped it from an eight for me was the fact that they have so much, like, setup for the next movie, which I just hate when they do that, like, like the, 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 the tons of setup, but it went up to an eight because the setup in the movie is at the very least entertaining. All of the Thunderbolt stuff that they're going to set up. I liked every interaction that they had because like their, their chemistry was good. And the dialogue, in my opinion, was funny. So I was like, you know what? This is how setup should be done. Like the the random like end credit sequences are like the, oh, this character exists or like a character just showing up. I'm not a big fan of that because it just feels like shoved in there, you know? Yeah. The the, the separate conversations with, uh, was it Louis, um, uh, what's her middle name? Louis Marie Dreyfus, something Dreyfus. Uh, but her character and yeah. with Ross, I think that those interactions were entertaining enough to like, to not drag the movie down. So overall, I got to yeah. give it an eight. 
Guys, thanks for joining me once again. Why don't you tell us where we can find you on social media, Mr. MGC? Official MGC on TikTok and YouTube.com slash MGC on YouTube. Uh, I'm E underscore sock on everything. Instagram, you know, YouTube, TikTok, all of it. Not big on YouTube yet, but I'm going to get there. Same here. Anyway, guys, thanks for watching the video. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Real Comic Book Cinema. You can also find us on Facebook. Until next time, have a good one.